Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm a feminist, but this week I was thinking about Enola Holmes a lot. And one night I had a dream that I was a suffragette. But my main memory of this dream was of a really handsome man who was played by the same actor who played Knox Overstreet in Dead Poets Society, a 1980s movie, children, from before you were born. (laughs) And this young man in the dream, he had a moustache, I remember that, and he wanted votes for women, and I wanted him. (laughs) But then we couldn't get me out of my corset, and so I spent the rest of the dream trying to undo the knots... I had a dream about being a suffragette. My first and only dream in my life about being a suffragette because I'd been re-watching Enola Holmes and the whole dream was about a man trying to get me out of a corset. (laughs) And he didn't even do it. He didn't even do it. Can you imagine my disappointment? My whole sex dream was just someone trying to get me out of a corset. (laughs) No feminism and no fun. I've got to say, I'm not a real suffragette, but I'm a pretend one. And I have to say, I'd say about uh, 80% of the time that um, suffragettes have is spent just getting in and out of corsets. So is it? Pretty much. That's from my pretend, suff- like being a pretend suffragette. Like most of my time... On Nola Holmes was getting was in and out of a corset. Getting in and out of that thing. Just getting in and out of it. Just getting in. 
and then out of Do it. Do you think... See, I always thought the reason we're put into corsets mm. was because the patriarchy was trying to kind of make us smaller and make us not breathe very well, yeah. and, you know, all of those forces. Do you think it was actually to waste our time? Yes. <laughs> so, so we had less time to try and get the vote. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's all morning doing this. Yeah. They're finally in it. And then I try and get the vote. Can't breathe very well. I have to have a sit down. Exactly. I'm going to get out of it That's again. That's it. By the time you're in, they're like, I need a nap. And then they're all in Parliament going, ah, women, stay in. And then we're like, oh, gosh, they're doing that thing. We need to go. And then we get up and oh. then we're like, oh, no, it's 8 p.m. I've got to start because it's three hours. And then you get out of it and then you're like, right, is there a nighttime, like, Houses of Parliament <laughs> get together? And everyone's like, no, there is. Oh, the men are like, we're asleep. And then we're like, okay, we'll sleep. And then we'll wake up and we're like, oh no, they're in the houses of Parliament. Get me in. And that's three hours and that's how that's... That's um, interesting. I bet they weren't really asleep. I bet they were drinking rosé in the Rose Garden. Um, Um, (laughs) Have you got one? Yeah, I've got one. I'm I'm a feminist, but this this has gone on a little bit, hasn't it? Like it's gone on. Like feminism's gone on. Let me explain. (laughs) Stick with me. Where is this going, Susie? No, I know. And we're all scared. And this is how I like it. <laughs> um, you're all tense. That's good. Um, so basically, like, when I discovered feminism, I was like, I'm in. I'm, oh, like, obviously, common sense. I think I was a feminist before I knew the word feminism. I was like, oh, well, yeah, equality for all. And, um, and then I thought, okay, so we'll get, we'll, we're going to get this equality. Because I was young and I was foolish and hopeful. And then I, so I got into my 20s. I was like, yeah, cool, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then, um, and then I, I'm now in my 30s. I'm like, I, I, I don't know when this is happening. I just thought it's the equivalent of a, a child in the back of a car going, are we there yet? And we're just not there yet. And I'm tired. And I think I've got about two more years before I become the villain of my own story. So that's just, that's the truth. I'm about to become a villain. I'm, I'm going to go ham on this because this is taking ages. Like, and also, like, I'll be repeating stuff and then, like, older feminists will be like, yeah, we were saying that in, like, the 50s. I'm like, fuck! Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's taken a while, isn't it? It's scary. Um, it's going on so long. It's going on for ages. Here's the problem with it going on so long. The yep. world looks like it's winding down. And I would like to it achieve... Is the final, it is the final season of Earth. It, it, and I would <laughs> like to the, achieve gender season. equality before the end of the world. Yes. And at the moment, it ain't looking good. I've We've got, got to speed this years. shit up. I've got two years and then I'm just coming out with two Uzis going, ah, naked, just like, ah. ah and they're like, what is she fighting for? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> ah, course it on because I've regressed. Three hours putting it on with the music. Sorry. It's true. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know what we're fighting for anymore. I'm like, I look at it and, and, uh, and I think, is it to get more female billionaires into space? I, this is what is it? Exactly. What, what's, what does gender equality look like ever, ever, even anymore? I don't even know what we're doing anymore. <laughs> I've lost... Sometimes I... We really I lose have the, billionaires. I, I genuinely so panic weird. about the point sometimes. Um, I'm a feminist, but uh, recently I went to a meeting... Uh, we were meeting an important person, me and another woman were meeting an important person, and she turned up mm. with an unannounced blow-dry. And I saw that as a hostile act. <laughs> for, I need 48 hours' notice. I'm having a blow-dry for this meeting. Otherwise, it's just not even Stevens. And that is not sisterhood, and that is not feminism. <laughs> and if you're going to have a manicure, just a little... What's what, going to kill you to send a text, is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm I'm a feminist, but um, 
recently I was at a party and I was looking amazing and I've been I've been um, <laughs> I know you have been looking amazing lately actually <laughs> she's been looking flame I have been looking flame <gasps> what? here's an opportunity no what are we doing <gasps> no no oh, the, because what? oh okay keep okay. saying your story and then no remind what is it I'm, I'm distracted now uh, oh so, I'm so sorry I'm so, I just saw I saw an amazing moment okay go on so a few uh, like a few shows back yeah I said someone was looking flame yes because I was thinking of the flame emoji yeah and young people in the audience said it's fire it's not flame and I was like but I think it should be you're looking flame anyway I decided yeah. I was going to try and make flame happen now the audience, Susie, the, the Guilty Feminist listeners, they've really come with me I know, this. I've seen little bits and bobs, I've been so proud. It's all over the internet, yeah. and by which I mean my bit of the internet. Corner. It's only currently, everyone writes, if, I go, if I'm on a you know, red carpet or something, usually because Susie's invited me somewhere, if I'm completely <laughs> honest that I'm on a red carpet, but underneath people will say, you look flame. The other day, I texted Susie, you look flame, and autocorrected it to flameo. Now we say Flameo. Now, we now say flame-io. I'm really trying to make flame happen. And you know when something could take off? I feel <laughs> sometimes you're trying to make something happen. It can't take off. It's just not the right thing. But flame is ripe for taking off. Do you know what I've realised? What? Do you know who we have in the audience tonight? Who? Well, many Millie Bobby Brown fans are <gasps> young, right? Yeah, you're young. And who makes things take off on TikTok? Young people. That's right. <laughs> So there'll be young listeners and there'll also be young people in the room. If you would consider yourself to be a young person... Which is basically all of you, do you know what I mean? But yeah, like, but yeah, but you like, know what we're talking about. But if you're like one of those young TikTok people, um, let's say 21 or under, could you give us a cheer? Okay, there's enough of them. Are, would you sound. be open to making flame happen? Uh, definite, okay. Some I'm, of you sound a bit like, ugh. It's like, <laughs> we're your mum going, have you taken your coat? You're like, yes. <laughs> like, but like, just for this, this will be fun. Like, can, can you, can you please go yes. on? Thank you. Great. Good, good. Okay. Okay. That's exciting. That's an exciting moment for me. So I'm going to need you just to sort of pulse it into your world. Into, they, don't, they, they, don't, they don't need to know why it's happening. It just needs to subtly happen. This is how slang takes off. What's your name? Hi, Ruby. I was asking you, but I love your confidence. Ruby, hello. I'm now asking you. I'm now asking you. Uh, so, uh, so any young person, just make it your mission. So, Susie, you were looking flameo. I was looking flame. Hashtag, flame. Are we hashtagging? I think it. flame's more likely to take off, isn't it? Flameo's a bit too much. That can be the next step. Okay. Yeah. So, Susie, you were looking flame. So you've just, hang on a minute. You've just stopped me for all of that, and then you've just gone back. Were you looking to flame? Flame. Yeah. Okay. okay. Flame, <laughs> flame or flameo? Either of those is right. Flame or flameo. Accurate. You were looking flame slash flameo. So I was looking, I was looking flame at this party. It's really feeling myself. I've been hibernating for ages. I haven't really been going to parties because I have no social skills anymore. It's really funny. It is actually quite funny when you see me trying to like interact with a person. But I was there and I was like, I am a human. I am a human in heels. And um, this, this is what happens. When I'm nervous, I've got no standards. So this guy who... <laughs> None. You could be like, do you want to get on this boat with me? And I'll be like, yes! Because <laughs> I'm just terrified. And so this guy came up to me and he just looked like trouble. He looked like just absolutely run away. Like, ah. Uh, and he came up to me. He was like, hi. That's all it took. And I was like, hello. And then he was like, can I have your number? Straight away. Not even, what's your name? You know, who knows? He probably watched Anola Holmes. And, um, and thought, I'm going to get her out of that corset. Um, but uh, so he was like, can you get him? 
it's going to be six hours of your time getting in and out. Um, and then he said, can I have your number? And I went, yes. Oh, my God, yes. And then I started saying my number, like, 07-112-112-22. And then by the penultimate number, I remembered myself. I was like, 22. <laughs> so he's got my number except for the very very last digit so yes there we go what if he sensed that moment he did and then he all did. he has to do is go through all of the numbers there's it, only it's 10 of them a limited amount of time Debs before you get a text from me saying hi it's Susie I've changed my number again because I've done that listen look, look guys like I'm the age of tinder when it first came out when it was like <sighs> Tinder, the only one. What is this thing? Swipey, swipey. Like, and now there's like thousands. Like, I'm that age. So I was constantly giving out my number. I've changed my number since 2015. I've changed my number about eight times. Because there'll be a time going, I'll get a text like, hey, like, I'm sorry, like, I think I saw you on my TV. And I think that, like, we went on a date, like, three years ago. And I'm like, (laughs) and then I'm like, it's time. It's time to... It's time to change my uh, my phone number. So you will be getting a text. If he manages to... To penetrate yeah. the code. If he penetrates the code, so to speak. I'm a feminist, but my autocorrect is more feminist than I am. Because today I texted someone, oh my God. And my autocorrect said, oh my goddess. Oh. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? I've trained it. So my new thing now is, oh my goddess, I'm, I'm totally doing, oh, we could make that happen along with Flynn. <laughs> is there too many things to make happen? I think, like, I think these guys, you guys, you've got so much on your plate. You've got all this going, we've messed it up for you. Yeah, and now true. we're like, make this happen. That's like, true. It's true. It's true. What more do these guys want from us? I'm so sorry. It's but like, if you do want to make it happen, though, do yeah. like, it's no pressure. Uh, it is true. We have... Uh, uh, sorry, teenagers, you've got to fix climate change and make flame happen now. And that's... It's a lot on your plate. No, genuinely, um, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> have you got any more homophobic spots? Um, I do, but I don't... This is a risky one that I might have to ask <laughs> to be cut. Okay, so I don't well, know give it, it... <laughs> we'll give it to the room, and then the room can vote on whether or not that should stay in the edit. Okay. Um, as you probably know, I like to make you uncomfortable. So here we go. Um... I'm a feminist, but I have, this is true, this is absolutely true, I have a stalker. Um, It's a really difficult, scary situation. And I have got really lovely neighbours and they're really looking after me. And I went in to speak to one of my neighbours and they always check on me, like, what's going on? Have you had any more contact? And I was just like, oh, yeah, it's either yes or it's either no, whatever. So I was just in there talking to my lovely neighbour. And then he said... um, the strangest sentence. So he's like, oh gosh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, out, out of curiosity, do you know, do you know if he's fit? <laughs> what? And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? He's like, is he fit? Like, is he good looking? I was like, will that make it better? Like, the fuck? He's like, no, he's, he's a good looking guy. It's like, firstly, I don't actually know the gender of my stalker, but also what a peculiar, a thing to ask and then I left and was like is he fit because let's be honest it's a he it's a he true story thank you very much you've got to laugh 
You've got to laugh. Otherwise, you won't leave your home and come here to King's Place and have a lovely time with other feminists. So, there we go. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> you went white. Uh, I was like, I was, I, was gri- I was gripped to the story. Now, uh, we told the audience they could vote on that. Uh, should that make the edit? Yes or no? They liked it. It was funny. It's fine. It's been in the news. It's good. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about the state of the world and how it's impacting oh, it's you. It's fine. Personally. I'm telling you, two years before I become a villain. I've told you. Told you yeah. here. You heard it here first. I, I don't see it taking two years. <laughs> I think we got six months of the outside, my friend. Six months of the outside. Enjoy those six months. <laughs> Live from King's Place in London, the Spotted Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Susan Wakoma, and our very special guest, Melanie Bobby Brown, with Grace Petrie of Music. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White. With me is Susan McComa. And tonight we are interviewing Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, look at you guys. Look at this joint. It is full. Yes. <laughs> this is lovely. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Ah. It's great. Isn't it lovely? It is really it's lovely. It's really nice. It always feels like a uh, homecoming when you come home to the Girls of Feminist Susie Bacoma. It does. It really does. This is like, this is my safe space. This is my, oh, I just, I love, I love coming here. I love coming here because I can say anything I want and nobody says what I say on the internet. Then we edit it and then I sound really clever and smart and... That's the point. You've got it. You've got the whole spiel. You've got it? You've got it. Because I say things. I say things. And also, like, I've got the live show brain, Mm. and then I've got the podcast brain. So I'm going to give you some gems Mm. that no one else will hear, but you've got to keep it to yourself. (laughs) Susie is quite indiscreet, and I love it. This is one reason why we book her. She'll just be like, do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to tell you. Um, which is always, always enjoyable. Always a joy. Um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you tonight, Susie. And I'm so excited about uh, your guest and being able to, our guest, and being able to talk with her uh, somewhat about the old Enola Holmes as well. Yes. Because in Enola Holmes, you taught her suffragette, is that correct? I did. I, some, oh, no, correct. I some, would say, some would say that all, all I did was do as I, I was told and acting but let's go and say that I taught her jujitsu which was great which was great I know what I'm doing that was quite scary because Millie at the time I think was 15 I think and like I was having to throw her onto the ground like a child like I was an adult and I was like you've got to live the life you've got to be tough and I was like oh Millie are you okay it was (laughs) I was very stressed (laughs) yeah I can understand that I would not want to break Millie Bobby Brown yeah and effectively my boss as well she's produced she's a badass producer as well so I was like yeah and then it'll be cut and I'll be like please can I keep my job (laughs) (laughs) hi Millie (laughs) that is a complicated relationship isn't it very hard yeah yeah absolutely yes um well it was a fantastic show and I'm sure we'll be talking about it tonight. We will be. Do you ever do a small act of feminism for which you pat yourself on the back? Ah, uh, Debs, my 
entire life is a tiny, small act of feminism. <laughs> the fact I just turn up places, I'm like, well, I'm here. That should be enough for the cause. Um, <laughs> oh, bare minimum, bare minimum Susie. That's what they call me. Um, it's so not true. It's so not true. But I do think sometimes your presence is See, in itself is an act of feminism. It's a trick. That's a lie. Like, I'll turn up at places and I'll be like, I'm here. And everyone will be like, she's here. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. They're like, feminism. And I just go, feminism. And it but seems to, be to work. to be fair, that's what our prime minister does. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be strictly fair, he just turns up and is like, I've arrived. Isn't that enough? Yeah, and then people start asking him questions, and he doesn't answer any of them. He just he just says the same thing over and over again. So like part during Partygate, he kept being asked by everyone, like even people on his team. Yeah, I know it's not called a team, but <laughs> would be like you know at PMQs they'd be like, uh, but surely, surely if you knew that these parties were taking place, yeah. which you said that you didn't, and so on, and he'd just go, I think we just need to wait for the report. And they'd be like, but were you there or not? I think I don't, I won't know till I read it in the report. <laughs> but it, we're literally talking about yesterday morning. Did you have a bottle of champagne <laughs> in, in, at number 10? I, I'll, I'll check the report when it comes out and I'll let you know. Are you standing in front of us now, Prime Minister? I'll have to see what Sue Gray says in her report. She will let us know if I'm talking now or not. <laughs> It's like, it was absolutely amazing. And so I amazing feel... Techers. Yeah. I feel sometimes when posh guys like that mm. do that, they don't lose any sleep. Yeah. That's very much the vibe I get from Johnson. I don't think he's had one sleepless night. No. Unless it was like a making another in a series of babies. <laughs> Just randomly makes babies all the time. I mean, we have to, guys. I, I, oh, listen, if you... If you sleep with we have to stop sleeping with Tories we we have to stop like <laughs> just cut off the supply I uh, as a gender we need to stop sleeping with Tories just, is that what you're saying e- just every anyone anyone just always check and just I don't know I mean I, I just we have to stop How it how do I you check we, if they're a Tory it's not like a cat where you go boy or girl like you can't I don't know I think we just need to start checking we just need to go turn around <laughs> show me the back of your neck <laughs> is the barcode there um, and then if it's not then you know I, th- I think the if they're registered Tories it's, you can find out that'll be on the record yeah I guess and so I, 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 they do seem to have super strong sperm because there's a lot of them who have a lot of babies there <laughs> they do though every single time Boris Johnson I think there's some teenagers in the audience tonight there might be some younger people oh yes so, of yeah, course maybe sorry I should... uh, this is this is it this is what it is yeah. uh, by the way just letting you because um, <laughs> there'll be some Millie Bobby Brown fans who have not necessarily listened to the show I'm, I'm very aware of that guy like, so yeah we should probably begin but that is the begin. tone yeah <laughs> that's the tone that's yeah. the tone that tone will continue um, are you enjoying it so far? great Good. They're enjoying it so far. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if we've said anything that you don't and you're not sure about, then do ask a parent. Um, <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com All right. Are we ready to meet our guest? I think we are. Are we ready? Are we ready, guys? Um, we might as well say to an audience of the 60s, are they ready to meet the Beatles, honestly? <laughs> our guest today is a young, brilliant feminist and global ambassador to UNICEF on top of being an award-winning actress and producer. Please welcome to the stage with a big, guilty feminist welcome... The incredible Millie Bobby Brown! Oh my god. I just love you're wearing like glam rock shoes. Oh my god. Oh, they're the greatest things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's a moment. I've never seen anything so wonderful. Okay, for the listeners, they are lilac. They are bedazzled. They are. And you know what? The other day, I was listening to you guys, and I was like, I really wish they detailed that more because I was listening. Uh Uh-huh. So I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These demand it. They're gorgeous. There's there's bejeweled crucifixes dangling off them. Platforms. Platforms. To the gods. This is true. To the goddesses. To the goddesses. <laughs> yes, and like I pearls, love that. Correct. Pearls yeah. that are attached to those. Incredible. And then there's straps with diamantes on. Yeah. It's, they're just stunning. They're yeah. absolutely stunning. They're really stunning. hard to walk in. I, I can, I can it's only, only I can a short imagine, distance. It's only a short distance. They're for stage, aren't they? Yeah. They're for stage or, or for posing in a, ta- in a bar on a chaise longue or something yes. like that. Yeah, it's a Mariah long. moment. Yeah, it's a, it is absolutely Mariah moment. Who are they? This is not. This is a feminist podcast, so we shouldn't know, dwell on the shoe. But who are the shoe? Who, who, no, no are they're, they're no one important. Oh, yeah, like they're they're like really cheap. Wow. Yeah. Do you know what? You're a girl after my own heart. You just like what you like. I love it, a good get. discount. I love a good coupon. Do you? Love yeah. It. This is the first thing we're learning. Excellent. <laughs> love a discount. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Right. Oh my gosh, um, it is so good to have you. I'm so happy. I just want to open with how this happened. Yeah. Because oh, you're yes, probably please. all wondering. And Debs isn't going to say it because she's going to blush. So basically, what happened, we were on the makeup truck filming Enola Holmes 2. I sat down and you said, Hey, I've read the Guilty Feminist book, didn't you? I was <laughs> reading it while I was filming Enola Holmes 2. I became uh, gravely aware of <laughs> sexism. <laughs> Uh, not on that job specifically, but just in my life. And I was like, huh, this is kind of weird. And I didn't realize it was kind of my introduction. I was 17. I was kind of afraid of the word, actually. Um, I was like, I don't really understand it. And I need to know more about it. I need to become knowledgeable. So I Googled and you came up and I was like, oh, okay. All right, I'm going to read this. Like, this sounds good. And then I was like, guilty feminist. I was like, oh, I like the name as well because I'm a guilty feminist. Like, I don't really, I am guilty. I don't really know much about feminism and I'm young. So I thought, right, I'm going to read it. Read it in a week. And, uh, and then I was going around and I was like, guys, guys, <laughs> this is the rave. And uh, Henry Cavill was like, shut up. <laughs> no, like he's, you know, and I was like, 
oh, somebody needs to talk to me. I was like, Susie, do you know anything about this? And then she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I did read the part of the book that you were in. Can we talk about it? And she was like, yes. And I was like, what is she like in real, like, real life? She was like, oh, Debs. And I was like, ah! she said her name. She said her name. Um, and then I listened to the podcast every morning uh, on the way to work and on the way back. And I actually went to a psychic and was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, this is a real thing. I was like, is that a psychic or a sidekick? Uh, both. both. <laughs> and I uh, was like, tell me everything I need to know. And she was like, you are a feminist. And I was like, oh, wow. wow. What? Yes! And I was like, after like five like hours of listening to your podcast, I was like, she declared me, so it's fine. It's like, you know, like, she's like my drag mother now. She told me that, yeah. and now I'm that. And now you're that. And uh, I was so happy. I went to my boyfriend. I was like, I'm a fat, like, the psychic knew that I'm into it, you know? And so I'm finally, yeah, I'm, this is why I'm here. Wow. <laughs> that was not at all the answer I was expecting. Yeah. Like, I love this. I love yeah. this story. I'm actually gripped to it because I, th- I didn't know all of those details. Well, I didn't know that detail. I just remember we were on the truck and then I texted you and I was like, guess what? Millie's a fan of the podcast. Isn't that great? And then I went and thought, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you to be... I mean, it's not my podcast. I come in and I crash and I make you feel uncomfortable. That's my thing. But it's all Deborah's. And I've been a guest. That's how I started. I was a guest as well. Oh, so, you were a guest. and yes. Your first one. And then you immediately got... And then I just was like, yeah, let me have some of that. Um, but then... So Promoted then I, to co-host <laughs> on your second go. I know, yeah. Yeah. And then I said to Susie... Because Susie's an actress and, uh, and had never done stand-up. And I said, look, no. you get a little segment. When you come and co-host... Millie, you can do the same thing. You get a little, <laughs> you get a little segment where yeah. you can do whatever you stand want. Stand up. Do this stand is why up. I love your stand up. Yes, right. Well, I said, it's Susie, you don't have to do stand up. You can just do whatever you want in that segment, and mm-hmm. you can give a speech or you could do a reading or whatever you want. And she went, "Oh, I'm going to give stand up a try. I've never seen anything like it, Millie. It was extraordinary." She went, "I think I'll just give stand up a try." A and try. Then she went out. Yeah. And then just smashed it. And yeah. I, it's so strange because Susie only does stand-up. I only do it on here. here. I don't do it anywhere else. Bespoke and every single time. It's like watching a professional stand-up. It's the way she tells stand-up. the story. Yeah. It's the way she tells the story. It's like on set, it's like you're watching a stand-up like all the time. And uh, she is the only humour we have on set, unfortunately. Oh. Is she? Yeah, absolutely. None is of she... us are funny. She comes on and everybody, oh, her and Helena Bonham Carter together oh, are a dream. Oh. Oh. They are a dream. Jeez. Helena bounces off of her and it's amazing. And I just sit there and watch and cry. <laughs> Name a more iconic duo than Susan McCormick and Helena Bonham Carter. Seriously, flame. Intra- flame! It's happened. Flame has officially happened. Oh my God. That, that, that was the greatest moment of mine or anyone's life. That was the greatest moment of anyone's life, not just mine. I've peaked in life moments. And that's, I, listen, listen. I'm Generation X. Do you know who is the icon of Generation X? The iconic Generation X moment is Winona Ryder in uh, Reality Bites. I.e., I could have given birth to my guest tonight. (laughs) And you'd think that would depress me, but it really, really doesn't. It makes me a little regretful that I haven't had the forethought to give birth to Millie Bobby Brown, because that... (laughs) 
you have I, I, I tonight. Mean, yeah, well, in, in some in some ways, like the when we can connect like this, or like mm. it's so exciting. Because when I was writing that book, I was thinking, oh my god, how much more book do I have to write? I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> it's hard writing a book. Don't do it. Um, I really don't recommend it. Write a script. Books are hard. Um, I'm I'm writing one at the moment. If my publisher's listening. <laughs> the tapping noise you can hear is me writing it as I'm talking. Um, but it's really hard writing a book. But, uh, but when you hear that, when you hear, oh, that's landed with somebody who presumably you've had some quite tricky waters to navigate. Mm-hmm. As a young woman, you started off as a girl yeah. and then in the industry and then you were working as a child and then a teenager. And now, before you turned 18 and were legally a woman, you were producing your own work and yeah. deciding on the direction of it. You know, And what I love about your generation is you know you're not Judy Garland you know you're in previous generations children who then were teenagers who then were young women were completely controlled by the industry and were put onto diet pills and made to do this and made to go there and made to do that and they only ever got this tiny slice of it and you've just turned that around how's it been for you doing that how have you navigated tricky waters I feel, I mean, I deal with the same things any 18-year-old is dealing with. Navigating, being an adult and having relationships and friendships. And it's all of those things, you know, being liked and trying to fit in. It's all a lot. And you're trying to find yourself (laughs) while doing that. The only difference is that obviously I'm doing that in the public eye. So it can be really overwhelming. I have definitely been dealing with that more within the last two weeks of turning 18 Mm -hmm. um definitely uh seeing a difference between the way people act and the way the press and social media have reacted to me becoming of age um you know in my life I believe and my opinion I believe that that shouldn't change anything Mm -hmm. but um it's gross and it's true And so I think it's just a very good representation of what's going on in the world and how young girls are sexualized. Um, And so I have been dealing with that and, but have also been dealing with that for forever. I mean, you know, I, once I was like going on a red carpet, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to do just a little low, just like a little bit lower. Mm. Because I always just did these poofy dresses and I live, I loved it and I lived for it, but I was like 16 and I was like, mom, dad, can I please wear to like to this award show? Like just a little bit, little bit. Mm. And I just got crucified for looking like a 60 year old. And I was like, what's wrong with a 60 year old? Mm. I think it's a vibe. But also as well, it's like, like but looking what? like a 60 year old. I was like everywhere. And I thought, my, like, is this really what we're talking about? We should be talking about the incredible people that were there at the award show, the talent that was there, the people that were representing and... But also, it's the weird kind of like, because I have not, I haven't been acting as long as you, but I started when I was 17. And I was playing a lot younger for ages. And, you know, I had like boobs and kids younger than me that you know what it's like. You develop at different stages. But this idea of like, you've got to sort of like have nothing. You've got to be like a Ken doll and have absolutely nothing. There's a hint of that. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, you're trying to do something. Or I, I just, I'm living in my body. And it's, it's truly bizarre how kind of, I, I mean, and I never, and I had that pressure and that kind of thinking without press intrusion. And I just, yeah, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff, and you know, because I know you, I get very 
very fucking angry. Um, it's, yeah, it's just ridiculous. And this idea of like the clock strikes midnight and then everyone's like, fair game. It's disgusting. But like you say, it's, yeah. yeah it's but I met some people who'd worked with you. Yeah. Um, oh, God. No, they, <laughs> no, no, they were saying, oh my God, she's just amazing on set. Because they said like, you know, as a teenager, they said, you're running this set, like Enola Holmes is your show. And they said, what's amazing about Millie and I definitely haven't told you this before, I'm saying it on stage, and I hope it doesn't embarrass you, but they were saying, she just runs it with authority, and sometimes, oh, we've got to move on, money, money, and Millie will go, no, it's not right. Let's do it again. But they said, you never throw your weight around and behave like sometimes, famously, some men, hashtag not all men, behave on <laughs> film sets and we've all seen the tantrums we've all seen the throwing things and we've all seen the mm. shouting at people and we've all seen those sorts of things mm. and they said really never does that she never humiliates anyone she never makes anyone feel small she never storms off or looks you know and listen people are human and if you ever did storm off I yeah. wouldn't blame you I'm not saying that people do have human emotions and things like that mm-hmm. but what they said is you're very very good at everyone knows this is your show but also you make people feel good. And mm. somebody said, oh, when a child, you know, they're doing it well, but they're not quite giving the director what they want. They said, Millie goes over and she just knows how to talk to them and then unlocks a performance in them. And that's what really interests me is actually the positive stuff that you've been able to do was, you know, as opposed to young women of previous generations who yeah. just were absolutely just crunched up by the system. How have you had the kind of fortitude to go oh, now I'm going to start making my own shows. And guess yeah. what? This show's going to be a feminist show and it's going to be about suffragettes and it's going to be, they're going to be looking through the eyes of a teenage girl. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. It's kind of all to my parents, I would have to say, just because my parents have always given me the freedom. You know, like our dinner table is rowdy. It's a rowdy bunch. And when I was six and seven years old, I was debating with my siblings and I was, no, this is the way this has to be and this is the reason why. And I'm making my own film with my iPad one. And, you know, everyone was like, Millie, shut up. And I was like doing Moulin Rouge in Chicago. And everyone was like, uh, like what are we going to do with her? And so my parents were always like, this is the way she is, and this is the way she will always be, and we will never knock that out of her. Um, my nan, who's from Bethnal Green, she um, sadly passed away two years ago, but she acts like she was like, listen, Mill, no. the world is going to be an horrible place, but let me tell you, that, that shine... You never dulls. And I was like, all right, Nan. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, she would literally scream at my parents and be like, you cannot ever tell her not to speak her mind. And so on set, I am quite blunt and I am quite honest, but I, I believe that the set and the workplace should be the most fun place of all. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as we are working, we do have to have a job. Uh, I try and make everyone feel really, really happy. And I, I, it's like, I always say, keep a morale up since 2004. And I'm like, <laughs> and I play, I was playing Pitbull the other day on set. And everyone was like, this is like a, like a rave, you know? And yeah. everybody's just kind of like, they go with it. Um, and what were you so, playing on set? Pitbull. Sure. You know, like, you know my rent was gonna be later. The, mu- the music act, not, yeah, yeah. not the act, no, no, not the dog. No, 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 not the bulldog, no, no, no. <laughs> I know the song, you yeah. s- sing the song again, I'll sing it. You, you know, know the rent was gonna be later. She's singing it, I see her lips, she's singing it. Very. I know all the words to Pitbull. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can see your face, you're like... 
dog. Like, the dog. <laughs> just hanging out. <laughs> I just, um, I, uh, it was actually quite a funny story and something that when I was listening to the podcast really related to. It was International Women's Day a few years ago and I was all by myself on set and I was just surrounded by men and I was like, happy International Women's Day, everyone. And all the men were like fixing the camera and they were like, what day is it? And I was like, oh God, like I really need to make more of an effort to create sets that I feel even like, like Mm. I can't turn to anyone and ask them for advice because they're all men Mm. and no I can't relate to anyone and they can't relate to me and that's the issue there's no communication because we're not the same and so with Enola being a producer on it I made sure that we had uh, a lot of female uh, producers editors Uh, we had a focus pillar and so uh, I try and make a conscious decision and really sit there because it's important and everyone you know for not only me but for for morale on set. Yes, mm. it really, yeah. really is. So, I have, I have a question. Um, feel free to say the truth. Who, oh, my God. Who, <laughs> no, Dory, it's, it's a stupid question. Who's your favourite um, co-star in Enola Holmes? <laughs> oh, my God, it's taking too long. <laughs> Obviously you. Thank you. Obviously you. Obviously Helena. I think the duo, it's it's everything. The duo is like, we were filming a scene. I know. Oh, I was, you You know what scene. Ah. Yeah. And it was a moment. And uh, Susie did a very silly thing on set. She she made someone bleed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We're going to need to hear this story in detail. I don't we, think we can. No, we can't. Netflix would kill us. Netflix no, would kill us. Say, but we, could, we could during do the, a, when we could doing do the a press code for of science. It, I'm sure when it will yeah, come out. It will come out because I'm <laughs> going to be the first one to tell the story. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, so, so on theme for this podcast. <laughs> so anyways, I feel bad. This is like, you know, when you're telling a secret and nobody knows. No one knows. But you will. Like, you it's will. like rude. Okay, anyways, we're, we're done. But you're going to find out. You will find okay. out. Anyways. Oh, God, I'm so horrible at this. Don't we, worry. No, no, you're doing very, very well. It's, we, it's the not talking about things that you're not meant to talk about. And you get these, like, lengthy emails about what you're not meant to talk about, and I never read them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's really the you're a, you're a feminist, you can't be gagged. Um, <laughs> so True. we could talk about uh, Nola Holmes 1. Yes, that's We can't we talk about Nola Holmes 2, two yet. No, no. We'll come back when you're allowed to talk about Nola oh Holmes God, 2, and yes. then you'll tell. You can bring Helena... And then, why don't we do a Helena, screening? We could do a guilty film oh screening. Gosh. That would be everything. That would be Wouldn't so it? fun. Yeah, and I can co-host. <laughs> yes. Oh, my okay. God, yes. Yes, okay. that's the one. Yes, that's the one. Absolutely. And I'll be in the it's back so going, organic. ha, 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 flame. Like that. <laughs> you will be on stage. I'll be in the back with a big, fat, red wine. Just go, ah! <laughs> like, flame off. Just go flame every two Helena, seconds. And like, Helena oh my would goddess. absolutely would love, love this. It. She yeah. would love it. It's her okay. vibe. Okay, all right. I feel we need a screening, yeah, and yes. I think it needs to be uh, the four of us, and I'm very, very excited. And Henry Cavill, just, just for vibes. <laughs> just Henry. Just okay, Henry. who wants Henry Cavill at the event? Okay. Who okay. thinks it should be women only? That, okay. wasn't, that wasn't strong enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, I'll tell you, that was guess. guilty feminists going, 
I best say women That's only. Low yeah. level. But I, <laughs> that I was wouldn't low mind seeing Henry Cavill like... he's quite hot. <laughs> That's what that was. That was that was. Oh my god. Um, so what made you? And let's let's focus on Anola one. Yeah. Mm. What made you? Of all the stories you could have told. Uh, because Stranger Things is, you know, it's 80s, it's sci-fi. With all the stories you could have told, what made you want to tell the story of Anona Holmes? Because you must have had a lot of offers and a lot of scripts. And No, because that wasn't even an offer. It was kind of like, I was, remember I was sat by a pool and then my dad and I was like, we should just like read books. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> so then I went on Amazon <laughs> and was like typing in, I was... Uh, 11, I was 12, and I found the book series um, of Enola Holmes, read all of them, and was like, oh my god, I'm too young for it, so maybe I'll have someone older be in it, and I'll just produce it, or I'll wait. But you I'm, were 12, and you thought, I'll I just mean, produce this. When I was 12, oh I was literally no, I deciding which scab <laughs> to pick on my knee. I was going... I'll save that one. I'll save that one till Saturday. That one's looking crunchier. You're there like, can I give another opportunity to another actress? Yes. At 12! At 12. I'll just what? produce it okay. and I'll give it... Go on. Yeah, so, Tell me more. So, um, picking scabs. So, um, no, so basically I... Um, I was like, I, you know, when you read something or you you just want to be in it, like when you watch films and you're just like, I just really want to do it. That's how I felt about Nola. Like, I really wanted to do it because I feel like I always had Hannah Montana uh, to look up to. Excellent. Which is everything. But she was this American lead and... Um, I just didn't have a British female lead to look up to. Mm. Uh, you have Hermione Granger, but it's Harry Potter's. So I was like, mm, this isn't really like, where, are, where can I do? What? And Enola just fit that gap. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. So I went to my dad. I was like, this is this, and we need to buy the rights. So we did. <laughs> again, again. I would have I was like, I would have been, saying, I would have been trying to get my scabs. dad to take me to a shopping no, centre. My dad. Not to buy I just wanted Macadies. I just wanted Macadies from my dad. Yeah. My Amazing. Dad, my dad was like, great idea. This is a great idea. Let's put you at the head of this meeting. I was like, yes, I'm going to do a PowerPoint. Um, so I did this I PowerPoint. I love you so much. That's too cute. <laughs> it's like, I do a PowerPoint every time I want a new pet as well. Like to my parents, when I was little, I'd be like, this is the reason that I want this pet. Um, and I've got four dogs, one rabbit and a cat now. So it's, just, wow. it's all gone to shit. Your but, hero is So it sure. just makes sense why you were able to set this film up. Yeah, so then I was like, right, I'm going to do this PowerPoint. So I sat in front of uh, all these really important people. And I was like, guys, like, this is so cool. I get to wear a corset. I'll fight. <laughs> I'll get sweaty. It's going to be cool. And like young girls are going to feel really empowered because this is about the suffragette movement. This is about one of the most uh, restricted time periods, the 1800s for women. And we can make it so crazy and silly and fun. And we can show how these women didn't listen to <laughs> anything uh, that society had to offer. So then my dad was like, great. And everyone was like, yeah, we like it yeah, let's write a script. And I was like, okay. And then we did for like two years. And I was like, you know, and then finally came to terms and they were like, we're shooting in August. And we got Harry Bradbeer to be on the project who directed it. 
And I was like, he is everything. He was perfect. And he just nails, like, feminism. I mean, we need to have him on the show. He's, like, the best gossiper as well. He's the best. And he just has really, really, he just, he really did his research. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, hey, 1800s, hey. <laughs> like, we're going to have we're going to like, read this. <laughs> and I loved the fact that, uh, speaking of the, the iconic duo that is Susan McComber and Helena Bonham Carter. I love that that, ex- that, that sentence exists. It's such an iconic duo. But, the, but that Helena Bonham Carter played the suffragette suffragette yes. in the film Suffragette. suffragette. Yeah. yeah. Isn't yeah. that incredible? Yeah, it's amazing. And it's like, I kind of just don't speak around her. You know, it's yeah. like she walks in on set with her Diet Coke. Always a Diet Coke. Always a Diet Coke. Diet Coke or tea. And uh, you just kind of watch her slowly. And if she picks you apart, it's like incredible. And it's really funny and humorous. And once she had a sour, it was like this really sour piece of candy. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yes. I she put so. it in her mouth and she was like, oh my God, it's so sour. Check it out. Put it in my mouth. <laughs> oh. And I was like, wow. oh my God, it's so sour. <laughs> you know. I was like, oh my God, it's so sour, eBay. You know, like, that was everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope she... that was pre-COVID. Oh, yeah, it was pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. The first one, the first yeah, first one. Anola, first Anola. Um, and anyways, yeah, she's just, <laughs> she's just a lot of amazingness like she just makes the set everything um and uh yeah she makes it um and having her on board was like a dream come true um my older sister Paige is so heavily into harry potter and she couldn't breathe um i haven't actually watched harry potter i'm not surprised you know because you're just you, you were 12 <laughs> calling the shots yeah when i was too 12 busy. again scabs harry potter that was yeah. all i had but like you're too busy you're fine. no but i met my boyfriend and he was like you haven't seen harry potter and i was like no he was like this is happening and I was like, okay, he's like, Chinese, Harry Potter, Sofa, now, and we watched it. Oh, so you have asleep. now? Yes. Uh, you know. It's long. That's why we had, like, long. years. We had- I was only <laughs> interested when Helena came on. I was like, oh, my God, I know Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, because she's, like, she's just transfixing her eyes for a moment, you know. Um, but I liked it. It was very, very good, and it was a very good, good thing. <laughs> Listen, we love, we love listen, that. Girl, I'm not tired. I'm not tired to Harry Potter anymore. So we're all good. But like, it, it was of its time. And I just, the, I, the thing that I love about Enola Holmes is that it was such a, something that you can get so swept away with, but then mm. it had all the really important elements of feminism. It was really, really clever. And it was wonderful to be a part of. And I remember when it came out in, what was it, September 2020, yeah. you know, the year. We were just at home. It was just at home, like, I'm get some in a film, I guess. And actually, I was doing, I was doing a voiceover, a cartoon for Netflix with Helena. So she, I, it was my first job, sort of. We were like behind screens, but we were yes, in the why studio you were doing together. Those weird voices on set. Yes, we, yes, we were. <laughs> we were doing. Like, we were what are they cats. doing? And why are they talking without me? We were doing. Yeah. <laughs> we were being cats, and um, and and I remember being in the foyer of the studio. And it was empty, like Soho was just like dead, no one there. And she went, "Oh, I've just got the um, the poster th- through for um, Anola Holmes." I was like, "Oh, lovely." And she just looked at me. She's like, "Don't you want to see it?" I was like, "Oh." I guess so. And I didn't, I didn't expect to be on the poster. So oh. it was such like a real moment for me where I went, oh, there's my big head. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, you don't have a big 
head. <laughs> I was like, Helena, I've got a spherical head, mate. Like, don't, don't worry about it, it's fine. Um, and it was just such a lovely moment. With all, the, like, all my friends' kids were just obsessed mm. with Enola. And it's so lovely to be. I don't think I've ever been a part of something like that. It was just really cool. That was really but, iconic. And, it, and, and as you say, there were no red carpet moments because we were all trapped in the house. Yeah. So, so it's really lovely that for Enola Homes 2... Uh, you are going to be able to be out on that red carpet. I know. Uh, spreading, the, spreading the word of Enola 2. But I in am. another way, Enola 1, what was great about it, because it was in lockdown, yeah. everyone watched, watched it. it. Yeah. Uh, will Enola 2 be at the, on, the, on the cinema screens? No, it will be on Netflix. It'll be on Netflix. Where you found it first, yeah. Okay, where I found it. Went the, f- the first so time. Look where you found it. Look where where you did found you it leave first it, Deborah? Where did it. you leave it? Look there. <laughs> Retrace your steps. Retrace your steps. That's what my mum says every day to me. Yeah, um, it will be in the same place, and we are really, really excited. Obviously, we finished filming, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be definitely better than the first. Uh, well, oh, that's, yeah, that's no, a high bar. Agreed. It's a high because bar. I think it's definitely. A lot more adventurous and yes. exciting, and uh, it's it, Enola's growing up big time. And mm. in that time period, it's actually quite interesting. It's like eighteen, you're getting married. Yeah, even like uh, yeah, scary, really scary. Can you imagine, Debs? Oi, oi! Can you imagine getting married at eighteen? I really can't. <laughs> the but decisions I made at eighteen. <laughs> I hope we were past scabs. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> Why clinging on? I'm disgusting. Sorry. No. God, can you imagine? Go marry someone. I'll be like, I know. I know. But people did. People. Yeah, it was yeah, just completely exactly. normal to marry someone and then be just. You just had to stay with them for the stay rest of your them. life, no matter what Ooh. you felt. On the upside, people didn't live as long. <laughs> so, like now, if you married someone at 18, you start with them, time's ticket. Oh you know, God, it's still here. Um, I can't wait to see the new one. Yeah. I know we're not technically meant to be talking about the new one. This is not yeah, promo not. for Enola 2, by the way. We no. just can't stop ourselves because we're so excited. No. We will come back and do, if Millie's up for it, we yes, will come back and I'm do promo. Yes, I'm coming back. I love it. Uh, for number two. We're, we've got to have an interval soon. Yes. Can I ask before we go, do you have any I'm a feminist buts? Yes. <gasps> Excellent. Okay, so I was like on set yesterday and I was like, guys, I need to think of one. And I've only ever heard, you know, you guys say it. But then I thought, do you know what? It came up quite handy. So, I'm a feminist, but when I'm on my period, I want a day off. <laughs> I, I think that's I absolutely think, fair. I think that is reasonable, responsible, and also the age-old thing that we all say, if men had periods, they would have all that time off. So it just makes sense. Yeah, if men had periods, they wouldn't have periods because they would have cured it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If it's cisgendered true. men true. had periods, it, oh, would, it have would be been no cured. More. It would be cured. There'd be a thing that you could take or a patch yeah. that you could have or something where you'd still ovulate, but <laughs> also you would not... We certainly wouldn't have the pain anyway. And no. I think, no, that would be gone. That would be a thing of the past. That would be optional. They'll be like, do you fancy it this month? And there'll be an app. You'll be like, oh, go on in. Yeah. Yeah. Just to feel something. Mm. <laughs> And then the other one will be like, oh, no, I'm too busy uh, running a country. No time for pain. <laughs> I really, the thing is, up. you can't... Yeah. Firstly, I'm the funniest person that's ever lived to me. And you didn't see... <laughs> all these members, listen, you didn't see what I was doing with my hands. It was crazy. Um, yep. Moving on. <laughs> 
All right, so, oh uh, so we're going to have an interval and uh, in that time we're going to try and figure out how to stop both hemorrhaging and cramps. Um, <laughs> and if we come up with a cure, we'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, it is now time uh, for you to go to interval. And before you do that, a big round of applause for Susan McCoyma. <laughs> and a big round of applause for Benny Bobby Brown. See you after the interval. Hello, Guilty Feminists. We are on tour with our all singing, all dancing, all comedy, all deep feminist conversation live tour. The Guilty Feminist will be in Liverpool on the 22nd of April, Sheffield on the 23rd of April, both with Jessica Foster Q, Sophie Duca, Celia AB and Jess Robinson. We'll be coming somewhere near you and you can find out where and when at guiltyfeminist.com. If you live in Australia or New Zealand, we will be in you in July. Grace Petrie and I are coming out. We'll be joined by some brilliant Australian comedians and feminist guests. Get your tickets now. Guiltyfeminist.com. Soho Theatre. I'm doing my stand-up show, which is about coming out as bisexual and going in with some psychedelics. And that will be never on the podcast because the podcast lives on the internet and that is where those stories cannot be. So if you would like to see it, come to the Soho Theatre on the 26th of April to the 7th of May. Get your tickets now before they all go. The first run of this sold out. We have a brand new Big Speeches workshop online with Jessica Regan coming up. Uh, So get your confidence on and go to that. If you'd like to hear... The Guilty Feminist without ads. You can go to Patreon and you'll also get some other goodies as well. And for details on all these things, go to guiltyfeminist.com. So that was the first half of our incredible show with Millie Bobby Brown. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com